this is Rumble, and I am Michael Moore. There is so much going on this week, and um, we've been talking a lot about the uh, terrorist attack on the Capitol 10 days ago, um, the ongoing uh, terrorist attack that I have been uh, trying to warn everybody about, that, that that Wednesday, January 6th, could have just been a dry run for what's really going to happen this weekend, this coming week, Inauguration Day. Um, so, um, and as I've been saying since that first night, this has all the markings of an inside job that there was help from, uh, whether it was Republican lawmakers, staff, um, and, and now what we're discovering every day, a ton of, uh, police officers, ex-police, active duty military, ex-military, uh, that helped, that were doing a lot of the coordination. They had the walkie talkies. They did the communication and the whole thing. We're not going to talk about that on uh, today's episode. Um, but we will in the coming days. What I wanted to deal with, uh, today is something that happened this week, something that I and others have been uh, screaming about, begging for that the governor, ex governor now of Michigan would be held accountable for his criminal actions. And, and that is exactly what happened about 48 hours ago, um, where the governor of Michigan was brought in, uh, to the Flint jail, the Genesee County jail in Flint, put into a room, uh, because it's, you know, the pandemic, they can't have courtrooms and people and all that. And, and from this, what was called the, I think jail room B, um, was arraigned by the judge in Flint uh, for the crime of his uh, gross neglect of duty um, and letting uh, the people of Flint be poisoned as a result of his actions uh, regarding Flint River water. I have a guest with me today. I'm very happy to have him here. And um, you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to let him sort of give you the background of the story because so many people, when they stop and talk to me about the Flint water crisis, that's the, that's the name it's been given now over uh, these years. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a very uh, kind way of, of putting it, the Flint water crisis. A majority black city was poisoned uh, to try and, quote, save some money. And then once it was discovered they were being poisoned, the cover-up begins. Um, that's what, that's what happened. People think this is an environmental story. Oh yeah, there's lead in the water and there's, there's, there's lead in the water in cities all over America and we have to deal with it. Yes, we do have to deal with it. It's a serious issue, but that is not this story. This is not an environmental story. This is, this is, this is corruption and, um, and a crime against people who are so poor. It's one of the poorest cities in the country. Uh, where the majority of its citizens are black and um, and they had no way really to fight back um, until people like my guest here on Rumble today um, showed up to help. Um, he is one of the reporters uh, who <laughs> um, I would say more than any, I mean, there are various people who have been in and out of Flint they come for a day, half a day, do the story, leave. Um, 
there was one great guy with the ACLU of Michigan that did some great investigative work. And of course, Rachel Maddow, who um, has been hammering this now for years. She uh, hasn't given up on it. But this individual who's with me here today, Jordan Sheridan, um, he has doggedly been covering this story now since 2016. He created a investigative news site called Status Coup, and he has written for The Intercept and other publications. So he's been on the ground in Flint, in and out of Flint. He told me he's made 17 trips to Flint. So that that automatically gives him a passport and a visa and, and a legitimacy to call himself a quasi-Flint resident. So while much of the national media had forgotten the story, um, interviewing the families and looking into the governor's administration, the governor's name, Rick Snyder, um, Jordan sensed the cover-up, um, and he has an uh, actually his, mo- his latest piece. This is why I wanted to have him on, not only because we got to watch the mugshot of the governor here um, uh, on um, on Friday, on Thursday and Friday. Um, he's written an excellent new piece in the Intercept called "How a Flurry of Suspicious Phone Calls Set Investigators." on Rick Snyder's trail. I'm very pleased to have him with us here today on Rumble. Please welcome Jordan Sheridan. Jordan, how are you? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you for the work you've put into this story over the years. Just to catch people up, or if they're listening to this for the first time, and we have a number of people that listen from countries around the world, but but uh, Flint, I think now, it's it has become synonymous with this story. And um, and this tragic uh, incident that, um, to me, never looked at it as an accident, um, but as as something um, much darker. And if you could just maybe give people the how this started back in April of 2014, uh, but it actually starts before that, because the key element I think of this story is how the democracy in Flint, Michigan was stripped from the people by the governor. And, uh, and that happened a couple of years before um, the Flint water crisis even began. So Jordan, I'm just going to turn it over to you and, um, and uh, tell people here how this came to be. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Thanks to your work, uh, people know Flint was already, by the time Snyder got in there in 2011, uh, just decimated, uh, you know, offshoring General Motors uh, exodus. Um, it, it was a badly deindustrialized city um, and uh, very, very, uh, a lot of white flight and other things. So when Governor Snyder came in, uh, he decided to run Michigan like a business, which a lot of Republicans uh, like to talk about run government mm-hmm. like a business. Um, he ran on that platform. Yeah. yeah. And he declared an emergency, financial emergency in Flint uh, and a whole host of other cities. He put an emergency manager uh, in Flint. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of the media and a lot of the narrative has been that this was a, a move to save money. Uh, my reporting actually indicates it was a move to make money. And Flint mm-hmm. was used as the guinea pig. And why I say that is, 
the reason that Flint was even on the Flint River uh, was a temporary measure because there was a brand new regional water pipeline being built, right? Known as the KWA pipeline. And, you know, bottom line, they built this pipeline on the same exact path that the pipeline Flint received its water from Detroit on since the 1960s. I and mean, when we say Detroit, let's just be clear, they, they were receiving uh, the water from Lake Huron. Right. This was being piped in about 70 miles away from Lake Huron, which is a, is a glacial lake that um, is already in a fairly pure state. And we share this lake with another country that has strong environmental laws. So yeah. it, it, it was, it was always a great source of clean water. The Detroit water department built the pipeline and they basically, when they built it back in the sixties, it had two, it had two prongs that came out of Lake Huron. Then one prong went South down to Detroit and the other prong 70 miles of pipe to Flint, Michigan, where people drank, essentially as pure as pure can get these days, water. Right. And the art, you know, the narrative was, well, Detroit uh, keeps rate rising, raising its rates to, to Flint as a customer. So Flint wants to take uh, control of its water destiny and uh, join a, a new regional water pipeline system. But there was one difference between this, this new water pipeline that was being built and uh, the Detroit water coming from Lake Huron and that was the Lake Huron water uh, that Flint received was already finished. Uh, it was already treated with the chemicals that make water safe to drink. And uh, you get it and there's no further need to treat it. The brand new pipeline that was being constructed, that was going to be raw water. And you know what you needed? A lot of raw water for, Michael? Fracking, mm. agriculture, wow. meat wow. packing, yeah. uh, sugar beet farming, you name it. Yeah. They called it the blue economy. And it was, uh, they framed it as this is going to make uh, Flint residents' water bill go down by uh, this brand new pipeline. Uh, we don't have to deal with Detroit raising rates anymore. But in reality, uh, this brand new pipeline uh, that was being constructed, uh, there was a lot of money to be made. JP Morgan, uh, Wells Fargo were in on the deal, the financial deal uh, for this pipeline. Uh, there was a lot of real estate developers uh, set to make a lot of money. And again, uh, Governor Snyder, like a lot of Republicans, wanted to frack the hell out of Michigan. And you need a lot of raw water for that. So the reason Flint was on this temporary Flint River was because they were building this new water pipeline. And while they put Flint on the, you know, Genesee County, for example, which Flint is part of, uh, is predominantly white. They were joining the new pipeline too. But while the new pipeline was being constructed, no, they didn't put Genesee County on the Flint River. They kept it on Detroit's water system. Right. But they right. put Flint on the Flint River and they, the state decided uh, we aren't going to mandate, we aren't going to have them add the proper corrosion chemicals into, I mean, the pipes under the ground are nearly 100 years old in, in a lot of cities around the country. And uh, because they would, didn't add those chemicals, uh, obviously, the lead catastrophe, lead leaching into the pipes and the bacteria, the Legionella outbreak. Um, so there, it was a mixture of things, yes, in some ways trying to save money, but on other ways, uh, trying to privatize the water system off the back of Flint. Wow. 
Yes, right. Flint is the county seat of Genesee County, and the rest of the county, the Elk, the Elk County towns, are very, very majority white, and and of course, um, Flint is majority black, and and the white, the rest of the county that's white, uh, still got to drink the the pure water yep. from Lake Huron, and um, and. People were asking the question, though, wait, we already have a pipeline uh, from Lake Huron. We drink it. Detroit drinks it. What do we, they're going to build like almost a parallel pipeline next to the one that was built in the 60s, this brand new thing. And you just explained (laughs) the reason for it had to do with um, uh, making more money for uh, private industry uh, for a big ag- agriculture and the banks that were going to finance this thing. Yeah. Um, and nobody in Flint understood the underlying, what you just described at the time. Nobody, nobody was told what the, what the real deal here was going to be. So now tell people then what happened in terms of how was it that we no longer had a mayor in Flint. We didn't have a city council. We have this, this governor uh, that has essentially taken over the city, taken it from us. Right. So uh, Governor Snyder comes in. Obviously, Detroit's in bad shape financially. Flint's in bad shape financially. And he declares uh, a financial emergency in both cities. Um, he, as a result of that, inserts unelected emergency managers in Detroit and Flint and several other cities, majority black cities. Um, and those emergency managers uh, over basically are, are the mayor, the city council, all in one. Uh, the mayor and the city council in Flint uh, were, were just there. They, they didn't have actual power uh, to decide things. Uh, and the emergency manager, uh, be the first emergency manager that Snyder appointed in 2011, began setting this emo- in motion uh, to for Flint uh, to join this new pipeline and use the Flint River and, you know, Governor Snyder, his uh, support, his defenders have said, well, it was the emergency manager. Well, the emergency manager was a proxy for the governor. I mean, right. it's the governor's lackey. Right. Was, and the and this so-called emergency manager was the mayor and the city council and everything. He, he held all the power. The elected right. officials held none of the power. And 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 then he uh, they pitched this idea. Uh, and of course, Governor Republicans—they all love it. And um, and and essentially, what it looked like to me was, what do we need to be piping water for seventy miles for? We got a damn river going through the town, you know. At least while they're building this new pipeline, let it just let them drink from the river. Yep, that's exactly but what it is. You've been to Flint now many times, so it's hard to explain with audio just how god awful this river is there the, at, at one time there were six or seven gm factories and a dupont factory on this river uh it's it's been used essentially just as a sewage cesspool for decades and and now they were going to pipe that water through their water facility um they don't put in what what's the cost of they put that one chemical in that wouldn't have made the the lead pipes leach? Well, uh, it's actually worse than that. I mean, that water plant had only been used as a backup since the 1960s. It was never a full time plant. It was never it a full time plant. That's right. It was badly outdated. 
it needed upwards of $60 million in uh, improvements. And even if they did mandate add these chemicals, they didn't even have they didn't even have the equipment to add the chemicals into the water supply. And this was something uh, that uh, a plant operator a couple days before the water switch. I mean, this has been reported widely. Mike Glasgow uh, sent kind of the warning shot. Uh, this if you switch this river in a week, it is against my judgment. It is against my uh, guidance. Uh, we're not ready. Uh, we don't have enough staff. Uh, we don't we're not ready. And they did it anyway. And that is because they wanted to uh, they had to get Flint on the Flint River off of Detroit uh, to meet. So KWA, that brand new pipeline that we spoke about, can can, can we can expedite the construction on that because we don't want to miss construction um, construction season. So it really was uh, using Flint residents as guinea pigs and uh, Governor Snyder. I mean, right. My reporting uh, it, it is it is a false thing to say he wasn't aware of what was going on. Um, there's a lot more I haven't reported yet, but the governor uh, he was fully he, aware. Oh, fully aware, and and being informed in real time of residents com- resident complaints um, and uh, discolored water and protests at city hall. Um, he was fully aware, um, and you know this coincided. This time period, 2014, coincided with him trying to get reelected in November. And then reports after that, uh, this in, in a in a far, far galaxy before Donald Trump came down that escalator uh, when Rick Snyder uh, was angling to run for president in 2016. So kind of bad for your ambitions if there's a water catastrophe, I would say. Right. So his chief of staff, his people and he, they all are getting wind of this immediately. Right. Because the brown water starts coming out of everybody's faucets within a day or two of the switchover uh, to the Flint river and, and people are complaining and, and within a week or two, people are complaining of, of rashes, uh, hair loss, like right away, right yeah. away. People, you know, didn't know what to do and they were just being lied to or given, being given the runaround. And, and, you know, at some point I forgot who it was, but somebody within the department of health or whatever, did their own testing. And of course, Dr. Mona did her own testing on kids, but they discovered at some point, this is having a negative medical, biological effect on the people of Flint. I'll I'll tell you exactly when. As soon as June 2014, they started seeing an increase in Legionella cases. Two Uh, Two months after the switchover to the Flint River. Yeah, they started seeing a significant increase in Genesee County of Legionella, which is a deadly waterborne bacterial, uh, it's a bacterial pneumonia. And, uh, and the, Rick Snyder's health department was aware of an increase in Legionella in June, uh, July. Then August, uh, there was a first, it was first detected in the local McLaren hospital in Flint. And uh, that is where my recent reporting starts because my recent reporting uh, indicates that Governor Snyder was fully aware of the deadly Legionella outbreak as early as October 2014, which is a hell of a lot earlier than January 2016, which is what he testified to Congress. Well, that right there, there's there's the big that's the big factoid of this uh, of this cover up, and. Um, 
I, I know you're you can't go inside Governor Snyder's brain, but but really the ambition of maybe running for president, the connections to the New York banks that are funding this. How does he how does he live with himself once he knows he's been told by medical officials now there's a problem. There's a problem where we are causing a lot of sickness in the city of Flint because of their drinking this water and they shouldn't be, and they shouldn't be bathing in it and they shouldn't. And, and to then just to go into the mode of say nothing, do nothing. Well, I want to, you know, uh, the current attorney general, Dana Nessel charged him with willful neglect of duty, which is a misdemeanor. Uh, We could get into that, but I found this was not neglect. He didn't neglect to act. He acted and yeah. he, co- he covered it up. Yeah. And how he, and I think people, you know, you might remember this, but the context of when we found this avalanche of phone calls between, we found an avalanche over two days between the governor, his chief of staff and the health director. Um, this was October, 2014. It's not just that he's trying to get reelected. He is at that point, Uh, in the final stretch of trying to, quote, rescue Detroit and bring Detroit out of bankruptcy, which was going to be his his whole thing with running for president was going to be, I'm an economic wizard uh, that could rescue um, distressed cities. I did it in Detroit. I saved Detroit, yeah. Yeah. And that was what was happening in the background while the outbreak uh, uh, by October 2014 they had already had uh, about 40 cases just that year uh, in Genesee County. The normal uh, amount they had was anywhere from like 10 to 15. So they had 40 by October and he's on the phone with his chief, his chief of staff and his health director in October, 2014 were on the phone nine times in two days. Now investigators, the original investigation team, they found that they had only spoken once before that in August in August, that's when they found the Legionella in McLaren Hospital. So they spoke nine times in two days. And four of those times, as soon as they hang up, Snyder's chief of staff and the health director, immediately the chief of staff calls Governor Snyder. And these two days are sandwiched in between. Uh, a state epidemiologist had sent an email uh, three days before these calls. Uh, my, my analysis shows the outbreak of Legionella is from Flint's water, not McLaren Hospital. Uh, the next day, October 14th, Governor Snyder's environmental advisor and legal counsel sends an email. She calls it urgent to his chief of staff pleading to switch Flint back to Lake Huron and the Detroit water system. That's two days before these calls. The next day, that advisor, who was a whistleblower, she pleaded with them, switch back. She did the right thing. She is sent to the governor's, uh, by all Flint residents I've spoken to, the governor's henchman, Richard Baird, his right-hand man, his best friend, mm-hmm. um, who was, by the way, paid off the books for several years, wasn't even on the state payroll, was paid mm-hmm. out of Snyder's slush fund, a PAC. Richard Baird uh, and this woman have a conference call with the emergency manager. She makes her case. The emergency manager says it's going to be too expensive. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to fix it. And Richard Baird, the governor's right-hand man, threatens her after, basically tells her, don't ever send another email like that again. And then you have the calls again, nine times in two days, chief of staff, health director, 
four of those times, mm. the chief of staff calls Snyder. We also found a briefing a few days after that titled Governor's Briefings that was addressed to him that mentioned Legionella. So, you know, uh, I can't get in Attorney General Nessel's mind. Uh, they claim, you know, it's an open investigation. Maybe they'll investigate further. But I do know that the original investigation, uh, there was a previous investigation, kind of like, I think, Robert Mueller of Flint. There was a special prosecutor uh, appointed originally. Oh, uh, that's they, not good. They found, <laughs> they found misconduct in office, uh, neglect of duty. And by the time uh, they all were dismissed in 2019, uh, they were gunning for involuntary manslaughter. And uh, a big, big reason why they felt so strongly that they had that evidence was based on these calls, this briefing, and uh, some information I haven't released yet that indicates uh, destruction of evidence. Uh, Snyder administration officials were destroying evidence. So as a result of this, as a result of making the switch to the Flint River water for, as you said, to hopefully make a profit uh, to privatize the water of Flint. And, and, and let me just also throw in one other caveat that happened during this time. Um, right after the switch to the Flint River water, there used to be, you know, five, six, seven General Motors factories in Flint. There's only one left. Um, and this factory, um, they started noticing that their parts that they were putting together to put into the cars um, were being corroded because they, 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 you know, wash all, all parts, everything that goes into the car gets this like heavy spray wash. And, and that was immediately causing this corrosion on the parts. So General Motors uh, calls up uh, the emergency manager and I don't know, people in Snyder's office, who knows? I'm not, I don't know that maybe you know this, but they call up and they say, Hey, this new water, this river water, it's messing up all the cars. And they were like, Oh, 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 this is awful. Now this is after month, weeks or months of citizens complaining about losing their hair, skin rashes, getting sick. Um, but General Motors calls and says uh, a bunch of nuts and bolts are getting corroded. And immediately, even though they're in the city of Flint, this factory, they take the factory off the Flint River water and hook them back up to that pipeline from Lake Huron so they can get the clean, fresh water from the Great Lakes into this one factory in Flint. And they all of a, then all of a sudden their, their car parts were great and everything was fine. They got the they got the clean water, not for drinking, but to sell cars. And the rest of the people in Flint continue to drink this poisoned water. It, it's just it's one of the grotesque. There's so many stories involved in this, and you've written about this, but it's just it's it's so he, you know so here we are. This starts in 14. It's covered up for some time. This goes on for un, un, until. Uh, you know, holy hell breaks loose, but it's now maybe, I don't know what, a couple of years later. Um, and, and eventually the hue and cry of it all forces them to hook the city back up to the Lake Huron pipe. But, uh, so much, uh, poisoned, uh, corrosive water has come through 
all the pipes that go from the main lines in the middle of the street into every home and then through all the plumbing in people's homes and all the plumbing, all the stuff is all the corrosion is all in the, in the pipes. And they're even now they're, so they start to send the fresh water back, but the water is dirty still by the time it comes out of your sink. Yep. I mean, Jesus can bless, bless the water, but if it's going through uh, destroyed pipes, uh, you're still going to have lead and other heavy metals uh, leaching off. I mean, Correct. and, they, and the, 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 the media has, uh, you know, only focused on the service lines that are being replaced, uh, which is, you know, from the, from the curb to the, to the home, but the interior plumbing wasn't touched and uh, the mains, which continue to break throughout Flint to this day, um, they have not been replaced. So, um, right. it, you know, I think it's been, there's a lot of media failures on this story. In my oh, opinion. the media is just every, every time when they announce, oh, yeah, we're replacing the pipes. Oh, we got money from the federal government. I'm telling people, no, no, you don't understand. That is not what's going on. And this is not fixing the entire problem. And, you know, they've convinced, I think, a lot of pe- people who are maybe listening to us right now are going, why are you guys talking about this? I thought, I mean, I get why. Okay, yeah, the governor, you know, was arraigned, arrested, you know, this week. But, but. But hey, it's it got fixed a couple of years ago. That's not the case, is it, Jordan? I, I, just to crystallize it for your audience, I want to tell a little quick story. Sure. In 2018, uh, sources told me and my partner Jen, who by the way worked on this worked on this with me, she's done amazing work with me on this. Jen dies, and we got a tip that Snyder's environmental officials were basically cooking the books. They were cheating on the water testing. They were flushing people's water right before testing. Uh, letting copper samples, which if you run your water literally right before taking a test, uh, you're going to get a lower lead level and you're going to get a false security that there's no lead. So we started knocking on doors, you know, just doing old school knocking on doors. And we met a, a, a young family that had just moved on, moved in to Wolcott Avenue, a uh, young African-American family. Um, they had just moved in two months after Governor Snyder declared Flint's water, quote, restored. This was uh, April 2018. He declared this and he shut down the free water stations that the residents so desperately uh, depended on. And they move in a month after that. You know, the water's fine, according to the governor. Um, The one-year-old, beautiful one-year-old baby is sitting on mom's lap as I'm interviewing her. Her skin was pure before they moved into that home. She had white sores and blisters everywhere, all over her body. Uh, be, you know, the only the only thing that happened was moving into that home and her mother bathing her in Flint water. And she had white sores and blisters everywhere. That was 2018. I've been there several times since. People are still getting rashes. People's eyes burn when they shower, many. Um, people's hair is still falling out in the shower. Uh, the, there is still discolored water. There's still odorous water. And the media has simply regurgitated whatever the state, namely Rick Snyder, told them, which is, well, the numbers are, are meeting EPA regulations. And most of this media has never stepped foot in Flint uh, to speak with residents, to go in their homes, look for yourself. Um, and we did. We knocked on nearly 500 doors. We actually made a documentary out of it. It's never been released. Uh, certainly no masterpiece, uh, Michael Moore masterpiece, but uh, I'll say that I'd love to see, I'd love to see it. So, yeah. Uh, but we chronicled that they literally cooked the data 
For, yeah. From 2016 to 20, at least 2018, Governor Whitmer, when she came in, she actually acknowledged that the testing was done wrong. So frankly, I mean, I, I don't want to give any, uh, you know, fear to anyone, but I don't think there's any declarative way to declare this water safe today because the testing was compromised. Erin Brockovich, she saw what I had and she called it a crime. She said the testing needs to be invalidated and redone by an independent agency. Uh, that was never done. So this is still, uh, you know, I, I think people have become numb to the term crisis. This is still a disaster. I mean, it, we got COVID. Everybody is suffering right now. But in Flint, they got a double disaster because not only older ages are, are compromised uh, to the coronavirus, all right. ages are compromised. And there's also, right. and I think uh, from the current mayor to, uh, you know, media, they've framed it as none of the water is better. It's just, it's an issue of trust. I'm telling you, because I've been there, um, there's still issues with this water. And uh, there's also, you know, with all due respect to Attorney General Nessel, um, there is evidence that uh, my reporting indicates that this was not neglect of duty. This was an active cover up That's where right. Governor Snyder was. It, it's not just that he allowed it to happen while it was going on in real time. Him and his top officials we're actively suppressing the information from reaching the public. That's right. in the it's in the intercept story. The original investigators um, they found misconduct in office. They were going for involuntary manslaughter. And I'll quickly mention, and I'd ask the attorney general this: the governor's top advisor and right hand man two days ago was charged with extortion, perjury, misconduct in office, and obstruction of justice. Our reporting has found he allegedly. Uh, I use allegedly to be responsible, but I have confirmation. <laughs> he allegedly offered numerous payoffs mm. to the, the sickest Flint residents that were causing too much trouble and getting media eyeballs. Mm. He mm. allegedly yes. uh, tried to get, he allegedly tried to get uh, state officials that were being subpoenaed for interviews uh, with investigators all on the same script. He allegedly misused state funds for those payoffs. Uh, I think, you know, just a common sense question. How did he do all this without the governor knowing if he is the governor's top advisor? He he introduced himself to experts in Flint, water experts, residents, as I'm here on behalf of Rick Snyder. We're best friends. So, uh, you know, let's see what evidence they produce in court. But I do know, um, you know, if if we weren't living in a 24-7 Trump apocalypse, um, this this is not an environmental cover-up. This is one of the biggest cover-ups of the 21st century because yes. they actively, I mean, think about, we were all outraged when Trump was on tape to Bob Woodward acknowledging coronavirus is deadly and then going out and saying, ah, eh, it's nothing. It's like the flu. Well, in this case, they didn't, he, Snyder didn't even do that. He didn't even go out publicly and just minimize it where at least people would know it's happening and they could make their own decisions whether to drink the water. He helped cover it up. And I think, um, you know, I'm a journalist. I know we're all supposed to, you know, the, the corporate media says you're supposed to be a neutral robot. I don't think you should be neutral to American citizens being poisoned and, let, and then left to die. And I'd love to know um, for the current team. Uh, yes, of course, any any charges is, is better than none. But, uh, you know, I would love to know why they stopped. Uh, just at this misdemeanor. Exactly. Because let's, let's, let me just say why this is not a misdemeanor. 
and and let's let's we haven't really gotten into this, but the effects of lead on a child's brain. If any, if a child six years old or under ingests any lead, they have permanent brain damage, permanent for life. It's estimated that at least 10,000 children in Flint now have permanent brain damage that, and I'm, there is no pill to take. There's no operation to conduct. There's, there's no medicine. There's no, there are things that, that they are doing to help alleviate the pain and the suffering and the, and the, but there are things that when a kid has permanent brain damage, the, the level, first of all, their IQ goes down, sometimes way down. Um, and it, 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 they will have this the rest of their lives. The, this kind of poisoning, knowingly doing what you're doing by having them drink from the Flint River, then covering it up when you have the medical evidence, um, the, how this could be a misdemeanor. When, when this is, if there's ever a definition of felony, where you knowingly continue to allow the permanent brain damage of children because you because you the data is there one kid after another is being tested and every single one of them their body and their brain has had a response to the lead in the water and and they are that way they are doomed for the rest of their lives and their only real crime was being black was and 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 for the white kids in the town for being poor and to be living in in Flint, Michigan, and 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 hoping that they nobody will notice, nobody will care, and and we'll just put out a few press releases and tell everybody it's all okay now. Uh, Jordan, this as you can hear from the tone of my voice, um, I have been so angry and upset about this for uh, so long, but it's it's what has happened to these children, and you've seen it. I know I've read your stuff. You've seen. That that well tell tell the story we were talking about just before we started here about just as you've gone back and revisited kids kids who were two years old or three years old at the time or who are now you know six years old or seven years old and and their their loss of basic things like the alphabet. I remember I'll never forget it. Uh, I was there doing this report in 2018 about uh, the the manipulated water testing. And uh, Snyder had shut down the water pods right in the summer. You know, people are kind of thirsty, hot. So, uh, you know, uh, my my uh, my partner and I went to get a couple cartons of water for a particular family that needed it. And when we got there, uh, their their child was on the porch, uh, you know, just kind of playing around. So I started talking to the child and his mother said, yeah, he's, you know, just starting to forget the alphabet now. And. You know, I, I I didn't want to exploit him, but I just wanted to hear it. Um, so I said, uh, "Can you can you you want to count the alphabet with me?" And uh, he kind of just started slowly struggling, and then stopped at F, and it just broke my heart. Uh, the mother said he 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 used to say that whole thing. He was about seven or eight. Um, I've I've met children that are literally having trouble walking 
it's it's not just cognitive. Uh, having trouble walking. Neurological. Yeah. Um, and and we, what what we have known because this is not a new thing. We know what lead poisoning does to children as they become tweens and teens. It has a serious emotional effect on them, and and the trouble they have in school, uh, just getting through it, getting along. Getting, I mean, you've you've probably heard and seen this too. Uh, one family in Flint, I, I've kept in touch with. Their son has been suspended from school more than sixty times, not because he's a bad kid, but because his brain has been destroyed <laughs> by this lead. Um, and you know, I think. Rightly so. Children have been a focus, but I can't tell you. I mean, this has destroyed 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds. Mm. I've had so many young adults, 30s, uh, middle-aged, 40s, starting to get cancers and things that they had no family history for. Uh, when my partner and I were knocking on doors uh, for that story, I mean, I can't tell you how many times nobody would be home. I asked the neighbor, hey, do you know uh, if, if they're coming back soon? Uh, they just died. Um, I think the true death count from this water, it will never be known because there wasn't enough. There wasn't a registry right away. Um, and uh, the state tried to minimize it. They, they said, oh, only 12 people died from Legionella. That's 100 percent not true. Um, PBS reported possibly 115 people died of Legionella. Um, I'm now doing reporting that doc- the doctors might have been told by state officials not to even test. For Legionella in 2014 and 2015, um, when patients had pneumonia, so we're never going to know the full, um, the full, full death count. But it's not just how many people died; it's how many people are slowly dying. I mean, yeah. every time I go there, it's it's truly it breaks my heart. I remember uh, one family that I've gotten to know. I interviewed them. I, I left a couple hours later. I realized I left my laptop there, so I went back nine o'clock. At night to pick up my laptop, uh, the mother opens the door, maybe 35, 36. Her face is beet red. Uh, I thought she was having a heart attack. She, she's having trouble, uh, heart palpitations. I said, do you want me to take you to the hospital? She said, no, no, this happens every night. Never, never had a health problem in her life. I've met a 30-something-year-old, uh, bald from uh, cancer, uh, never, never had a health problem, significant health problem in her life. Uh, Rick Snyder's environmental department shows up. They test her water. They cheated on the testing. They ran her water before testing it to give a false result. It, no lead uh, was shown. So she thought no lead. So she went back to drinking it. And now she has thyroid cancer and kidney failure. Um, there's story after story after story. And I just, you know, I hope your audience knows everybody is understandably, uh, you know, just stretched in and burnt out. Trump, the the attacks, COVID, uh, the economic pain. But I think the story of Flint is not just about Flint, because if if the people who did this get away with it here, don't think they won't do it where you live. Uh, Absolutely. It might not be water. It might be fracking. It might be mining. It might be you name it. But if if they get away with it here, uh, that's the playbook to get away with it elsewhere. Right. And we're talking, this is a city of a little less than 100,000 people now. Uh, uh, when I was growing up, there were over 200,000 people that lived there in Flint and, um, the hundred thousand that are left behind, uh, we're talking, you have to remember because nobody knew at first what was going on. Every person in Flint drank the water. 
every person in Flint, young and old, ingested the lead and the other toxic materials in this water. And, and we're, so we're talking about, it's, it's, I called it at the time, I said, this is like an ethnic cleansing. People who knew better knew what they were doing. And essentially, um, they're poor. They're poor whites or they're black. They're poor. Uh, they don't make campaign contributions to the governor candidates or whatever. Nobody's going to do anything for them. Uh, General Motors could get the clean water turned back on uh, in a matter of days. Uh, but these people are left to rot, rot. And, um, and the kids, this permanent brain damage that, that nobody has to pay for this. And then when they finally do the, the attorney general who I hear is a good person uh, and, you know, she got elected Democrat and, um, and it's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor charge. It's, it's so stunning to me that I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know, you know, and, and like, I'm, you know, when I think of the attorney general, Michigan this week, I'm thinking of what she said two days ago that, that they are unable to secure the Michigan state Capitol building before the inauguration to, to the, she will not give it her stamp of that. It's completely safe here. She just came right out and said, it's not safe. Right. So I need her right now, tonight, tomorrow, working on this so that no blood is shed in the state of Michigan. So I get, you know what I'm saying? That's why you brought you, when you, we said this earlier, it's like, we don't want to really, but we cannot let this go. Just because this happened, happened in this week of, of, of the insurrection and, and, and the inauguration, you and I and others cannot be silent about that, that he has not been properly charged. The ex governor of Michigan, Rick Snyder, uh, that, that we need felony charges, not just for him, his staff, everybody who had a hand in it, the lackeys who were the quote emergency managers. Um, Jordan, I mean, I, what do we do here? Well, I'll just say straight up because I'm on Michael Moore's podcast and, and you know you, you're one to rumble. I mean, <laughs> the media has a role here. I, I straight up, I offered this to the Detroit Free Press first. I handed it to them. They passed. They told me we, we can't invest in this at this time. I can't tell you how many times Detroit Free Press, Detroit News, the Flint Journal, I have handed them evidence of a cover up and they have passed. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother story. But that is another whole story because in, in growing up in Flint, we, we uh, called it either the GM Gazette because they were just all pro General Motors or the Flint, the Flint Journal was called the Flint Urinal. Uh, so we, we hate this paper and you know, the weird thing is not so weird because we've seen, we've seen what's happened to our, our media in this country, the right. consolidation and the uh, mergers and everything. The Flint journal doesn't even exist in it, you. It, the, 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 the journalism offices are in Bay city, 60 yep. miles to the North. They're not even in really in Flint anymore. They have a reporter, obviously two, three, four, whatever there, but, right. um, it's it's been the, the the daily paper in town is has been taken out of the town. So yep. there's there's it's it's uh, this brings up brings up just another problem that we have right now. That when we do have when we do have a crime being committed by politicians, where do you go right. when the 
Flint Journal is in Bay City. To me, you ask what we do. I mean, people need to realize Flint has had a pandemic for seven years in April. This has been their pandemic, probably longer than seven years in, in terms of the poverty and other things. But in terms of this health crisis, no, it wasn't COVID. Flint has been living in an ongoing pandemic for seven years. And the water is not clean. I, I don't care what the data says because I've been there and I've seen it. And I know the data was compromised because I've reported on it and I, I've done the work to find that information. But what we do, you know, I don't know Attorney General Nessel at all. Um, I know she's not so fond of me based on my reporting, but uh, I'll say this, you know, you still have time to do the right thing here. Uh, they said they can still, you know, it's an open investigation uh, as new evidence comes. Uh, I, I know that they ha they've had the evidence that I just reported, but whatever the case may be, um, they still have time to make the proper charges. And I think uh, this is going to have to be, uh, you know, a group effort here. I think Michael Moore is going to need to raise hell. I'm going to continue digging uh, because at the end of the day, um, it's not just about, you know, seeing Rick Snyder's mugshot and seeing him held accountable. It's America. If we don't hold, whether it's the mayor, the governor, the president, the chief executives that represent us, if we if they could be allowed to get off with just, uh, you know, neglect of duty for 100,000 people poisoned, uh, I, I don't think that's a good thing for other communities. Um, we can't, you know. Snyder's defenders have said, oh, this is very dangerous. You know, uh, public officials are now going to rethink everything. They have to double think everything they do. Good. They should be. Do they should be double thinking most things they do because they have the decision making power that could literally kill people, which is what happens here. And we can't just say, well, we got we have a Democratic governor now. And we got a Democratic attorney general. And so, you know, they're, they're going to take care of us. Well, the sad truth is, if we all want to be honest is that the cavalry never came, whether it was a Democrat in charge or a Republican in charge. It didn't, it didn't, it's never, it's never really mattered to the poor of this country, uh, to, to people of color. Uh, this is the suffering, as you said, Deb, I'm so glad you put it that way, that it is a, it is a seven year pandemic and probably longer because of all the other things that Flint has had to live with. And I, you know, I'm in my last film in Fahrenheit 11.9, uh, I dealt somewhat with the, the Flint thing because I wanted to show the connection between Trump and, and Governor Snyder. And, and also, I also want people to think tonight about the importance of why there has to be a trial in the Senate, because there has to be consequences to these actions when they commit these crimes. They have to know that they're not going to get off. And, and so here we have the Democratic Attorney General filing these charges that are misdemeanors. And in my, in my film two years ago, I showed something that, that people in Flint knew but was never covered outside of Flint. And it was a heartbreaking moment. President Obama shows up to campaign for Hillary in Flint. Uh, it goes into the gymnasium at Northwestern High School. It's packed with people in Flint. African-American Flint was beside themselves because this is, you know, we were all so thrilled when he was initially elected. I mean, this is something we never thought we'd see in our lifetime in this country. And in the middle of his speech, 
he sort of kind of starts to fake like he's got a, a frog in his throat. <coughs> uh, uh, does anybody have any water? And the crowd like goes into this. <gasps> no, no. I, I need, I need a glass of water. And all of a sudden an aide comes from the wings and brings him this glass of water. Now, everybody there, including myself, knew that there was no place to get the water because the water in this high school had been shut off, had been shut off two, three years earlier because they didn't want the kids drinking the water once they knew what the danger was. Wow. The only water, the only water hookups in this high school were for the toilets so they could flush the toilets. But no cafeteria water, so you couldn't make any food that needed water. No drinking water. And all of a sudden, within seconds, comes a glass of water. And if those who saw the film, you see him kind of sipping the water. And the crowd is losing it. Why are you? No, don't. And it was such a knife in the heart of so many people that he went along with us. And he brought Governor Snyder along with him so he could be part of the dais and say a few words, and you know he was booed by everybody, and 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 the fact that he drank that water. Uh, Eight thousand Obama voters, people who voted for Obama in, in two thousand eight and twenty twelve, eight thousand Flint, uh, mostly African American, stayed home on election day in twenty sixteen, would not show up to vote for Hillary, um, and this had a this had a big part in this because they had felt betrayed they weren't going to say they won't say anything publicly nobody nobody including me i have a hard time um knocking obama uh publicly uh, i voted for him twice uh, many parts of things about him that i love but this was this was the great betrayal as it was seen in flint right. and and so a couple months ago just before the election um Obama goes to Flint to help Joe Biden. And he's in the same gymnasium where he drank the water. And he gives a great speech. And then maybe maybe you saw this, maybe people listening saw this. As he's leaving the gymnasium, somebody throws him a basketball. And he just takes the ball and from the three-point range, boom, right in the basket. And I didn't notice at the time, well, where is this in Flint? Where is this gymnasium? And as he walks out, I see the name of Northwestern. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that, that shot, so cool of him, that shot he makes from the same exact spot in the gymnasium where he drank, quote, drank the poisoned water, which I learned from my own investigation that, of course, there was no water in the high school that they went and got a glass filled and brought it to them. It was water that they got and brought from Air Force One. It was a stunt that was planned all along. Wow. And I have not spoken to him, but someday I'm going to I'm gonna be in the same room with him and I'm going to tell him how much I love him. And then I'm going to say, why? Why? Plus, you had, you were the president from the time they poisoned the water in 2014 until 2016 why didn't you do something why did why didn't you send in the army corps of engineers and dig up these pipes you had the power to do all of this to a majority black city 
that look to you, longingly look to you for help. I'm sorry to be so upset here, but um, Jordan, I mean, you've been there a lot. So whatever you hear me saying, it's nothing compared to what my friends who still live there, they've been on a routine for seven years, just so everybody understands what it's like when you have poisoned water. Um, they had to stop, of course, taking showers and bathing their children there. So the people I know, and, and I think this goes for literally, I think, thousands, what they've done is they've either, there's a church in Detroit, there's there's a friend in Lansing, there's a relative in Saginaw, and they go there for their once-a-week shower. They go what The kids get bathed once a week by driving 30, 50, 70 miles for a friggin' shower. And that's they still that. going on to this day. They do that in third world countries, Michael. Five well, hours. Yep. That is that is what Flint, Michigan is and still is. Um, they came out this time, though. They didn't stay home like they did with Hillary. They came out and voted for Biden in, in the hopes, in the hopes. And... Um, if this if this town continues to be let down, and I know how they, I know I've heard from so many people since the charges were made. Yes, great to see a mugshot of the ex governor, but a misdemeanor when my child's brain has been fried for the rest of her life. Fuck no. And uh, I also think that's a good segue because honestly, uh, we addressed Attorney General Nessel and what needs to happen in the state of Michigan. But hey. My my reporting indicates Rick Snyder lied to Congress. That's a per, that's perjury. That's a, that's a serious crime. Wow. Uh, and if Joe Biden wants to honor the legacy of Elijah Cummings, who was actively trying to get Governor Snyder back in there, um, he's got everything now. He's got the House. He's got the Senate. He's got the Department of Justice. Uh, there is nothing stopping Joe Biden, uh, who, by the way, uh, didn't seem to shy away from Rick Snyder's endorsement. There's nothing stopping Joe Biden. Uh, from bringing Governor Snyder or the House Oversight Committee, from bringing him back in and asking him about these phone calls, asking him about this briefing he received, asking him about uh, more information that I'm about to release, which indicates a destruction of evidence uh, from top Snyder officials. Well, Jordan, we need to get you to, to speak to the right people in the Biden administration. Uh, we need to get uh, you to speak to uh, Kamala Harris's people. Um, I plan on speaking to them uh, and I am in, and to anyone in the Biden administration who's listening to this podcast right now, um, or if you're going to share a piece of this with the new president, um, please, please, please. Yes, I am begging. I am begging you. Just as Jordan just said, you've got it all. We haven't had it all in a long time. The House, the Senate, the White House, the mechanism, the, 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 the things of power where with just you saying, yes, Army Corps of Engineers, go there, do it. Yes. Yes. DOJ, please investigate this. There seem to be large crimes have been committed. Crimes that have, that I'm not talking about property crimes. I'm talking about crimes that have destroyed people, have killed people, have ruined their lives forever. 
if you're listening, um, I I am, and I know people who from Flint who are listening to this podcast. If they could all scream into this microphone right now, I'm doing my best to speak on behalf of them. But I will not be silent. I will not let this die. I will not let this governor uh, get away with it. Um, and Jordan, you need to keep doing this reporting. As you've said, you've got other pieces of the story that you're working on. We need to hear this. The government needs to hear this. The, the new administration needs to hear it. And, um, you know, and everybody else, Rachel, uh, if you're listening, keep at it, keep at it. Um, we're, we're going to win this thing. Um, but it, it will not silence is our, is the way that we will be defeated and we can't be silent. And I'm asking all of you listening to this to please, um, do your part, write to your Senator, to your member of Congress, write to the Biden administration, demand that this be fixed and tell them that uh, to the contrary, the reports that they may have heard that things are okay. Now they are not okay. Take, I, I'm, I'm putting a link to, to Jordan's article here is most recent article. And, um, and you can look up the other things he's written in the past year, but, but um, read this and share it and, and help us help us save the people in Flint who are, are still living with the pain and the suffering caused by greedy politicians hoping to make money, hoping to get elected to higher office and covering it all up. I'm, I'm just racked with uh, so much anger and, and yet um, the commitment, the same commitment I've had now for these number of years, boy, I'll tell you, I just, when I say, when I think about this, this just makes me feel like a failure because I have yelled about this. I have been on TV. I have, I put it in my movie and yet here we are, we get a misdemeanor out of it and the people still don't have their internal plumbing uh, uh, replaced in their homes. Uh, Jordan, over to you. You know, I think that, uh, I think that when we look at America, which I call the United Corporations of America, by the way, uh, when we look at it, the bottom line is we know the playbook, uh, whether it's Dow Chemical, whether it's DuPont, they poison communities and they get away with it. They get hefty fines, which are, you know, just, they just write off. It's part of their business business uh, model. Uh, massive, massive fines, but nobody goes to jail ever. But if that, if, if what happens with corporations now becomes normalized with our government, if governments could poison people just like the corporations and get away with it with essentially a fine, you know, if he's convicted uh, a year in, in jail, uh, which, you know, we know what happened with Epstein. My assumption is he will not spend a year in jail. Um, we cannot, if, if we allow government officials to get away with not just neglect of duty, but covering up uh, mass crimes, uh, gross indifference to whether it will have an effect on this community. Let me tell you, he would have thunk twice if it was Ann Arbor. He would have thunk twice if it was Benton Harbor. He, you know, we could go on. Gross point, Bloomfield Hills. This never right. would have happened. That's right. This is a race, it's a race crime. Right. It's exactly what it is. If Rick Snyder uh, 
if Rick Snyder gets away with a misdemeanor, uh, then, you know, it's coming to a town near you folks. So this, you might be listening to this podcast and think it's, you know, a, a travesty, but not realize you have any skin in the game, but you do. Because I, I tell you, I've been around the country for five years. I have been many, many places. This is happening in a lot of different places. It might not be as acute as Flint. It might not be as, um, uh, unjust as, Fl- unjust as Flint, but there's water problems everywhere. And with those water problems, there's privatization schemes. There is corruption from the governor's level all the way down to the local, uh, you know, board of commissioners. Uh, this is going to come to a town near you in if your executives that you uh, vote for, if they don't have any precedent that they will be held accountable if they so recklessly allow this to happen. So it's not just the Flint thing. It's an America thing. Actually, it's a global thing. And, you know, I think after Biden's in and we wake up from this last five year, you know, 24 seven Trump cycle, um, we're going to remember a lot of things that have fallen off the radar, uh, since the media has only focused on Trump for, tw- you know, five years. And this has fallen off the radar and it's still an active, it's not just a crisis. It's, 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 it's a disaster. It, it's when you go to Flint, I'm sorry to say, I don't mean any disrespect. You know, it's like a walking dead episode. Um, it, it is apocalyptic yeah. in yeah. some of these parts. So, uh, if you, uh, you know, whatever you are, progressive, conservative, you know, down the middle. Um, this is a human rights story. And to the attorney general, uh, this is not a misdemeanor. This is not neglect of duty. I've laid out the information. Uh, nobody has challenged my reporting, not my reporting with Vice, not my reporting with The Intercept. Uh, we have been scrupulous checking our facts. And you still have a chance to do the right thing here. You still have a right to be on the right side of history. Uh, it's not just about Rick Snyder. It's about justice for these black and brown people and poor white people. And frankly, I'll throw out one more thing. You know, these people deserve universal health care in Flint, uh, not thousands of dollars of bills at a time uh, for, you know, their heavy metal poisoning, their, you know, environmental doctors. I can't tell you the amount of people who are on the verge of bankruptcy because they don't have universal health care. You know who got universal health care, Michael? Libby Montana got it. They're 96% white. It got snuck into Obamacare because they had an asbestos disaster that killed hundreds of people. They deserved it. So does Flint. Um, Everybody in Libby Montana, I know this story, they all have free universal health care. Everybody, if you are a resident of of that town, you have it. Flint should have it too. Absolutely. Of course, the whole country should have it. But this is something that that uh, the Biden administration can do quickly, and and it should be done. They've got the House and the Senate. Uh, this can get fixed. And Attorney General Attorney General Nestle, please, please hear us. We're not going away. We're not going to be quiet about this. Jordan, thank you so much for your reporting all these years for your latest piece here on Flint, which I will have a link right here on the podcast page. Please read it and read his other work. It's it's so important. I'll maybe post a couple of other things too. I was on Brian Williams last night talking about this and 
other things. I'll, if I uh, if I get a link from that, I'll I'll put that on the page. I just will not be quiet about this wherever I go, and and we will we will persevere, and we will make it up to those of you in Flint listening to this. It will not be forgotten. I promise you that. Again, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on Rumble. And thank you for everything you've done, because frankly, uh, there would have never been any attention on this without you uh, raising raising hell. So thank you. Well, I uh, what was I going to do? This I am from Flint, Michigan. I was born in St. Joseph's Hospital on Kensington Avenue in Flint uh, all those years ago. And, um, you know, I, I was asked, I don't know what, I, I don't know if I was on a show or I was asked one time, if you were to do your autobiography in three words, what would it, what would it, what would your autobiography be? And right away, I, I just said, I'm from Flint. <laughs> That's all you need to know about me. And anybody from Flint knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, and we were a great, great city. We were where my uncle was in the sit down strike in the thirties that founded the UAW, you know, the middle class really had its birthplace in Flint, Michigan, first city in the country with a black mayor, first city in the country to pass an open housing ordinance. So much good has come from Flint. So much that has been given to the rest of the country. And as Jordan said, if you don't think that what's happening with the water isn't going to come to you someday, just remember that we we used to be one of the most successful American cities where everybody had a good job. The guy down the street, the dad, his dad was a bagger, bagged groceries at the AMP, belonged to a union. Even the grocery store baggers had a union which meant that they had health care, they had a living wage. All of this, all of these ideas that originated from Flint starting back in the 30s. It is wrong to let this town that gave so much to this country be destroyed. So I ask that you know, those of you who are listening to please write your members of Congress and your senators um, and the Attorney General of Michigan. Dana Nessel is her name, N-E-S-S-E-L, Send it to her. Look her up on online. You can send you can send her an email. If you want to send her a letter, just address it to Lansing, Michigan. That's all you need on the envelope. Um, but uh, don't 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 let the people of Flint be forgotten. This is still a huge problem. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thank you again to Jordan. Thanks to Basil Hamden, uh, the executive producer of Rumble, and uh, Nick Quaz, uh, the editor and sound engineer. And we have a lot, a lot on our plate this weekend, this week, up to Inauguration Day. I'll talk to you soon, very soon. Thanks, everybody. This is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore.